Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. You're a God of second chances. Praise God, praise God. Amen. Aren't you thankful that you're serving a God of second chances? Third chances? (laughs) That number could continue to go, right? but a God who never shames us in His presence, a God who always welcomes us, and I'm thankful for that. I can't express enough how thankful that I am, and we are as a church to have Brother and Sister Thompson with us, and uh, we mean that from our heart. We have looked forward to this for a long, long time, and I'm excited that they're here, and we certainly want them to know that we're here for the duration. We've come to listen. Amen. Not just with our ear, but with our heart and to share in their passion for the work of God. I will say it again, there's a few more here than were here just a moment ago in our earlier service, but I appreciate how God so uniquely used Brother and Sister Thompson to take our church's missions burden to a completely different level. We've always supported missions, always given, but I'm very thankful for how the Lord intersected our lives and our church, and it has been a forever change a forever footprint, and we're eternally grateful for that. And I don't know, and I mean this sincerely and not just for the, for the reason he's standing here to hear this, but I don't know of a better couple that God could have brought us together with to help us make another step in our missions giving and our missions involvement. And I want them to come. I want you to come and just take your liberty in the Lord. We are de- definitely, truly honored that you're here. God bless you, brother. Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Isn't God good to us? Praise the Lord. God has been so good to us. Let's praise Him one more time together. Lord, we magnify You. Lord, we praise You this morning. God, we exalt You, Lord. We love You, Jesus. Praise You so much, Lord. You've been so good to us. Praise the Lord. Well, it is a joy to be here this morning. You all can be seated. Um, When uh, we found out we were coming back to Hatch Bend, we were very happy. Um, You all always make us feel very much at home. And we love this church. Don't you love your church? Praise God. Praise the Lord. I will say this, and maybe I shouldn't say this, but I will say this. Uh, Traveling, we're in a lot of churches. We're in a ton of churches. And not all churches are as blessed as your church is. And in fact, we were walking in this morning. Uh, I was out this morning. We have two little puppy dogs out here in the back with us. They didn't come to church this morning. Pray for them. But <laughs> but we were out. I had them out around 8:30, and uh, I saw cars starting to come in. 
people getting ready for church this morning. And uh, the parking lot just started filling up, you know, just as, as the morning went by. And uh, walking in this morning at 9.30, the, there were so many cars and so many people in here, and everybody was just so kind and so welcoming. And I said to my wife, I said, this is a real church. And that's a compliment. Uh, just great families and great people that love God and love truth and have a pastor and his wife that love you all dearly. And you're blessed. You're blessed. Praise the Lord. And I think that's, um, it's a good time. It's a good thing every once in a while to remember that. Praise the Lord. But it is a joy to be here today and so glad that my wife and I are here. Um, the last time we were here, we had kids with us and now they've grown up. I don't know how that happens. But uh, they grow up and get married and have kids and all. They make us old. <laughs> But uh, my wife and I are just thrilled to be here this morning and glad to be in the sunshine state. <laughs> they say, come to Florida, it's hot in the winter. Hmm. <laughs> but we were kind of laughing this morning because I come from eastern Canada and the, cl- the temperature in New Brunswick, Canada was exact same as Florida this morning. Isn't that a reason to rejoice? <laughs> But we welcome you as a Canadian. I welcome you to the Chosen Frozen. Uh, <laughs> but we are just so thankful to be here and uh, just especially be here by the Sister Boyd. And um, I think it's okay to say I count them as friends. And um, this church has been such a blessing. I um, actually, you know, it's, it's kind of neat because you all, of course, partner together with missionaries around the world. But I do feel that there has been a special partnership between this church and the work in Guatemala. And um, I'd like the following guys to stand, Brother Daryl, Brother Toby, Brother Jerry, Brother Everett. Come on, guys. Brother Kevin. I don't think Brother Larry is here. Brother Bobby. Brother Boyd. (laughs) This is our work team. (laughs) Um, <laughs> just stay standing for a second, guys. Um, when brother, when Rodney Weekly called about the first team that was coming down to Guatemala several years ago, he was talking about the team coming down. We're putting a roof on a church, or we're building a church. I can't remember what we were actually building the church. Yeah, from the ground up. And he said, you know, I've got all these guys coming. He said, now there's some guys coming from Hatchbend. And he said, um, he told me, he said, don't bother looking for that place on the map. <laughs> and he said, I don't know what they can do, but they're coming. He said, I don't even know if they've ever been out of the country before. But he said, they're coming. So he said, great, you know, that's awesome. The second time we had a group come down, uh, Brother Rodney called. He said, now, he said, we're getting the group together. He said, we have to have the guys from Hatchbend. <laughs> It's sort of like the tables completely changed. The first time was like, who are these people? And the second time was like, we have to have them. (laughs) But we are so grateful uh, for these guys and the investment and the work that they have um, given into the country of Guatemala. And we were honored to have Brother Boyd come and, um, and give his expertise with the construction of the church in Dolores. And it's still standing by the grace of God. (laughs) 
Y'all can be seated, but uh, it is so neat. Uh, coming in this morning, everyone was so kind, and we just followed home. And I think that's really, really neat. And so we thank you all. Um, and I, I will mention a couple things before I get started this morning. Um, we do have uh, bookmarks and brochures, and we want to make sure everybody gets one of these. Coming in this morning, one of the little girls that was here, a cute little girl, opened her purse and she had one of those prayer cards, missionary prayer cards in it. And it had the, the nicest looking couple's picture on it. <laughs> it was us. <laughs> yeah, here she is right here. And it's one of those prayer cards that you pull out and you pray for the missionaries. And I cannot express enough how much that means to me. It means to us because prayer moves the hand of God. And um, to us, these little simple bookmarks are so important. We were in a church not too long ago, and a lady pulled out a bookmark from our first deputation. I was skinny <laughs> and young. and uh, But she pulled that out, and she said, I pray for you every day. And you could tell that old bookmark was worn where she had handled it and, and had it through the years. And so we want you to get a bookmark this morning and place it in your Bible, put it someplace you'll see it, and pray for us. Um, those little cards that that little girl has are so important. Not too long ago, just a few months ago, a young, a young teenager in, in Ontario pulled our card out that morning and prayed for us. The very time he was praying for us, someone was trying to run me off the road and steal my car. And I believe the prayers of that young man is what protected us in Guatemala. Praise the Lord. So you never know what your prayer can do. And so we ask you to please get a bookmark and remember us in prayer. The brochure just simply tells you a little bit about Guatemala, a little bit about our work. It gives you some points to pray about. And so those two go hand in hand. And we just ask you to please uh, get those before you leave and be in prayer for us and the nation of Guatemala. And uh, also I will mention that my wife does have some items out in the entryway that are for sale. Good place to do Christmas shopping this morning. And just some things from Guatemala. There's some uh, coffee and hot sauce and uh, shawls and all kinds of cool things out there. So you can stop by there and uh, empty your purse after church. No. <laughs> but that also just goes towards helping uh, with the work in the country of Guatemala. Before I get into uh, a little bit about Guatemala, and we do have some things to share today of what God is doing, because God has been doing some really awesome things. Uh, we've got some video clips to share with you, but before we do that, I do want to read a portion from the Word of the Lord. And if you could stand together with me this morning, and we're going to read in Mark chapter 2, praise the Lord, and reading verse number 1 through 5, and verse number 11, and verse number 12. Uh, Mark chapter 2, verse number 1, the Bible says, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door, and he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof wherein he was. And when they had broken it up, talking about the roof, they, had, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. 
And verse number 11 says, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed, and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Aren't you glad this morning that we serve a God that can amaze us? Isn't it unreal how sometimes we just leave odd because of what God did? And I don't mean odd as in odd. I mean like in awe. You know, sometimes we leave odd too. But, 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 but really, we can just sort of like, wow, I've never seen God do that. I cannot believe what we just saw. You know, I believe that here this morning... That God can amaze us one more time. You may have come with a need. You may have come struggling. But I believe you can leave here today completely and totally changed in Jesus' name. We serve an awesome God. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of God. Praise the Lord. You can be seated this morning. Um, We have been working now. Uh, in the nation of Guatemala for over 32 years, and uh, that actually awes me um, because I feel like I'm still like 28 or 29, and we've been there for 32 years. That's another miracle, you know. Um, but uh, you all know my wife and I went to Guatemala just shortly after we were married. We've been married a month and a half, and we drove down to Guatemala from eastern Canada, just a short 5,000-mile trip. And, um, you know, we went to Guatemala expecting to spend a year there. We were going to help. And we got down there and just fell in love with Guatemala, fell in love with the people, knew that's where God wanted us to be. And 32 years later, we're still there. And we're thankful for our family, uh, our picture, family pictures over here. Uh, our boys have uh, been born and raised in Guatemala. They've grown up there. Uh, they're now back in the States, at least for a little while. And uh, we're just so thankful for what God is doing in their lives. But we have seen God do some phenomenal things during the last 32 years. In fact, when we went to Guatemala, the work there was fairly new. Uh, it was just sort of getting off the ground. At that time, we had 21 churches and around 500 baptized believers in the whole country. And this morning, I'm thankful I can tell you that we now have 258 churches in the country of Guatemala. Praise the Lord. Praise God. We have uh, 276 licensed ministers and over 22,000 people baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. It has been uh, an incredible journey to see what God is doing in the nation of Guatemala. And we are, of course, thrilled. 22,000 people baptized. But you know, in light of 16 million, which is in the whole country, 22,000 is just a drop in the bucket. But we're believing the Lord that should the Lord tarry and he continue to allow us to work there, that we're going to see thousands more baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. We're expecting a tremendous harvest of souls to lay at the feet of Jesus when he returns. Praise the Lord. From the country of Guatemala. And it has just been an honor and just such a privilege uh, to work there. And we do have a short video clip that uh, I want to share with you this morning. This video clip will show you just a little bit of our country and tell you a little bit of what's going on there and some of our focus. And uh, I just want you to look at this and just get an idea of what God is doing in Guatemala. Let's play that first clip with them. Praise the Lord. I'm showing this video this morning because I'm trying to get the hook in. 
you know, the guys have, have been spoiled because they've come to Guatemala and they've worked around the city and had the comforts of the city. Wouldn't it be awesome to have a group from Hatchman go to 12,000 feet above sea level? We'd find out what kind of roofers they are. <laughs> um, really, the key to our ministry and the success of the work in the country, Guatemala, if I could call it that, has been in the area of training. I am a very firm believer in training and equipping people for ministry. Uh, I do believe, as we said in the video, that every child of God has ministry. I don't believe it's by chance that we are in the body of Christ. God has a purpose for all of us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And um, when we first went to Guatemala, uh, you know, it's, it's mostly Spanish speaking down there. And I grew up, of course, in Canada where they speak English and French. I took French for 12 years in school and God sent me to a Spanish-speaking country. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we get down there and we, we started learning Spanish and it was, it was a struggle. You know, it really was. We, were, we struggled with it and we were, you know, had gone like two or three months studying and trying to get a grasp of Spanish. And then someone said to me, they said, you know, Brother Brad, besides Spanish, there's 23 other languages here. And I just kind of felt like somebody let the air out of the tire. And I thought, how in the world will we ever reach this country? We're struggling to learn one language, and there's 23 others. And God began to impress upon me that our call to Guatemala wasn't to go and physically to go to every village and town and us start a church there. But our call was to go and train and equip the Guatemalan people who already know the languages and know their culture and can more effectively reach Guatemala than we can. And our call was to go and equip and train them, put tools in their hand so they can go around Guatemala and reach that country with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. And because of that today... We now have churches in 16 different languages besides Spanish, which I think is phenomenal. Praise the Lord. So training works. Praise God. And in the beginning, we thought, you know, we'll build a Bible school in Guatemala City, and everybody who wants to be trained can come there. Well, we found out that doesn't work. Not everybody will come to Guatemala City. And we began to realize that if we truly want to equip Guatemala, we needed to take training to them. And so God laid upon our heart the need to take, you know, use our central Bible school as a hub and to begin Bible schools all around Guatemala. As we said in the video, we now have 32 Bible schools. This year, we have seven. 700 students being trained for ministry. As we go back to Guatemala, our vision is to have 50 Bible schools operating around the country and 1,000 students studying every year. And I believe that's going to happen. Praise the Lord. We're going to reach Guatemala with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're so excited. As we mentioned, right now we're averaging one new church every month. And I believe that's going to continue to grow. You know, I mentioned we have 258 churches. Over and above that, through the Bible school students right now, we have 267 daughter work starting. Praise the Lord. And so that's the future growth of what God is going to do in the country of Guatemala. Uh, we showed the video of this Bible school that we're building up in the mountains. We actually have two Bible schools being built. Uh, these are key to us because they will be hubs in this area. And uh, I, I am really excited. We already have 46 students up there. 
And as we mentioned, a lot of them walk hours over the mountain to get into that Bible school. We've got churches up in that area that are so remote. And to go into them, you have to walk. Your car can't get in there. Four-wheel drive can't get in there. You've got to walk or go by the back of a donkey. And I suggest walking. <laughs> by experience, I suggest walking. And... Um, uh, you get in there, but you find people that just love God with all their heart. Um, you know, it's kind of cool walking into some of those areas. You'll walk several hours to get in there, but they'll have church for five and six hours. Just singing and testifying and receiving the word. But I guess they figure if they walk over the mountain to get to church, they might as well have church. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise God. But God has done some phenomenal things, and we're just so excited and thankful uh, for being a part of it. And we thank this church for going, um, being a part of it. And I know there was, you know, there's been uh, seven or eight go from the church, but I know a lot of you have gone in your heart. And you've all made it possible for others to go. Wives have let their husbands take vacation time and, you know, so many things. And we just appreciate so much your sacrifice and your investment in the work of, in Guatemala. And we thank you for your support of, of our family and the ministry that, that we're doing there. And you all have been so faithful in your support. And we just appreciate that so very, very much. Um, one of the other areas, and probably a lot of you are probably thinking the children's home. But about the children's home. Um, God has done a phenomenal work with his children's home. When we were here five years ago, it was a dream. It was starting. Uh, in fact, uh, the month before we left Guatemala, we purchased the property. And the plan at that time was to build a wall. We were going to build a wall around the property and maybe start a building. Well, Florida got in the way. <laughs> People started responding. And it was unbelievable. When we got back, there was like three or four buildings already up. And in the last uh, five years now, we have had 14 buildings completely constructed on the children's home. Um, the government policies were a huge uh, loop to run through. But uh, we were able to get all of our paperwork. And one year ago, we opened our doors to, to, the, to the first group of children. Uh, the first house that we opened was Florida House. And um, for the last year, we have had a total of 14 children go through Florida House. We have, uh, we have 10. It actually houses 10, but four of them have been placed in homes, which I think is really cool. Praise the Lord. And the other 10 are with us, and we're, we're getting ready to start open the next house. Um, and I'll say this. The first year was a learning experience. We went to one house because we didn't think we could handle two houses. We had to learn. And so this first year, I feel, has been a tremendous success. And we're seeing the lives of children transformed and changed. And that's the goal. We'll eventually have 100 children on this property. And we want to take you to Guatemala today and show you the children's home. Sister Lynn Jewett, just a couple of weeks ago, put together a new video for us. And so we've got a video with Sister Lynn that is, is um, uh, what's the word, talking or narrating this video. I, my, 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 my mind is going here. Uh, she's narrating the video, and we want to, you to see the children. Because a lot of you have gone, and you've put the roofs on, and you've done work, but let's see what's happening. Let's see the children. We want, to, want you to meet them this morning. Let's play that second video for them right now. Isn't God great? 
and praise the Lord. And what will it be like when we have a hundred children on that property? You know, as we were getting ready to open uh, some of the other children's homes um, from other groups in the area, talked to us and said that um, the a lot of these children, well, all of them come from horrible backgrounds and have been abused sexually and physically, and so many things have happened to them. And they said, you know, the, the hardest time is at night. When it becomes bedtime, all these demons come back and just attack these children and, and they have horrible nightmares and, and trying to get them to bed and settle down is the hardest thing of all. But what they didn't understand was that every one of our men's groups that came to Guatemala to build in the home didn't just come and build, but they would pray. They would have devotions. Um, we had men receive the Holy Ghost uh, during those trips. We had some phenomenal things take place. But the prayers of those groups did something on that property. Uh, it just created an atmosphere that's incredible. And at 8.30, when the lights go out at Home International, there's peace. The children are sleeping. They're not having nightmares. There's no problems whatsoever. They just snuggle down and they go to sleep. And I believe that's God working. Praise the Lord. And it's not only God working, but it is a result of the prayers that have been invested in that home. And so we are just so thankful. And you know, we're looking forward to see what God is going to do in the lives of these children. Right now, they're three to ten years of age, but they're going to grow up. And, and so the Lord, Terry, I believe some of them will end up in Bible school. Some may be pastors, but I believe they will impact the world for Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. And we are just so thankful that uh, you all have been a part of that, and we're just excited to, to know what God's going to do in the future. So continue to pray for home, and continue to pray for those children, because I, we're, we're looking forward to seeing thousands of lives changed, in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. And you know, church, that's what missions work is all about. And missions isn't something that just happens somewhere else. Missions is something that happens all over the world, including right here. Because it doesn't matter where we go in the world, there are people that need Jesus Christ. There are people that are hurting like the children in Guatemala that are right here in this area of Florida. There's people that need God. And we as a church, the reason we're here is that we can take what God has given to us and we can share that with the people that are around us. Because you know what, church? Whenever, whenever people come in contact with Jesus Christ... Lives are changed and transformed and miracles take place. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Now, as a missionary, I have a very unique uh, opportunity to travel a lot. And in Guatemala, Guatemala is a beautiful country. Um, in fact, it's really beautiful uh, right now. They call it the land of eternal spring. We don't have 30 degree weather. <laughs> in Guatemala. Uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful country, beautiful climate. But Guatemala is very diverse. Uh, where we live, it's a mile above sea level, and that's what gives us the beautiful climate. But you can travel into areas of Guatemala where there's desert, literally cactuses and, and tumbleweed. You can travel into the mountains where it will go below freezing. In fact, where our Bible school is being built, it's, it can go below freezing up there. Uh, you can go into the dense jungle areas that are very, very remote and very tropical and very hot. Uh, it's just a very, very unique country. And as a missionary, we've traveled throughout Guatemala. 
And um, Guatemala City has got some beautiful churches with just, uh, you know, beautiful granite floors and, and nice seats to sit on. But there's a lot of places I go to that isn't quite as, as fortunate. I've gone into jungle areas and walked for several hours through the jungle to find a little hut that's just a little thatched roof and a dirt floor. Sometimes the, the way you sit is just a plank of wood and you're sitting down there. And, uh, but you know what? The Spirit of God comes in there. And lives are changed and lives are transformed. I travel up into the mountains sometimes and you go way up and you're miles above sea level, it feels like. And, um, and you walk through the mountain areas and you get into these little churches, just little humble places. Sometimes we've preached in areas where there's no church building or preaching under a tree or preaching beside a river. But you know what I have found? It does not matter where we're at. It does not matter what the physical building is like or if there is a physical building because the Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be there. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. If we're gathered together by a river and we're uplifting and exalting the name of Jesus, he will be there in the midst of us. If we're in a little humble hut with a dirt floor and we're worshiping the name of Jesus and we're there together in Jesus name the presence of God comes into that place and lives are transformed and needs are met and people are changed in Jesus name praise the name of the Lord praise God aren't you glad we serve a God like that today praise God because it doesn't matter what language we speak. It doesn't matter what our culture is. What the world needs today is a connection with Jesus Christ. Because Jesus will change their lives. Can you say praise the Lord today? Praise God. The verse I read today, uh, is, it's, this is a really neat story. The Bible says that Jesus came into Capernaum. And the Bible says that it was noised about that he was in the house. Now, Jesus went into Capernaum and he went into this house. Now, I don't think it was a special house. Uh, the Bible doesn't really say, but I, I just think it was a common, everyday house. Until Jesus went there. When Jesus went in the house, that little common everyday place became the most popular place in town. Because you know what happened? The Bible says it was noised about. You know what that means? That means that people started going around town because there was no loudspeakers, there was no internet, there was no nothing. People started running around town and saying, hey, if you need something, Jesus is in that house. If you go down there, you know, three or four blocks, that white house on the corner, Jesus is there. And if you need something, you go because something's going to happen. And then they, they started going around and saying, hey, if you know of anybody that needs anything, if you'll go down there, that white house, Jesus is in there. And the Bible says... That house filled up with people. The Bible says that the door was full. I believe the yard was full. You know why? Because people knew if Jesus is in that house, blind eyes will be opened. The deaf will hear. The lame will walk. Even the dead can come back to life. Because if Jesus is there, anything is possible. Praise God. Praise God. The Bible says Come help me, bro. 
Then be careful. Bible says that four guys, and I know there's only two of us, but he's pretty big. We'll pretend there's four, okay? (laughs) These four guys came carrying their friend. He was short. (laughs) We didn't have a bigger bed. (laughs) But they came because their friend was paralyzed. But they knew if they could get him into the presence of Jesus, everything would be taken care of. They got close to the house. The place was packed. The Bible says they couldn't get near because of the press. Now, the press, they weren't talking CNN or Fox. What they, just hold him, okay? Don't drop him. The press, get up here, bro. You know, it wasn't just a group of people just kind of hanging around. When I think of press, I think of like, push on me, bro. Like, they were like trying to get in. Okay. <laughs> They were trying to get in there, and everybody was just kind of pushing against each other. There was a ton of people. And here comes these four with a bed. And they're wanting to get in the house. It was impossible. And I don't know, you know, between four, I imagine there was probably at least one negative in the four. And he was like, guys, it ain't going to work. The place is full. We'll, we'll come back another time. But somebody said, no, Jesus is in there. We may not have another opportunity. We have got to find a way to get our friend into the presence of Jesus. Because if we can just get him into the presence of Jesus, everything is going to be okay. And so they they looked around, how are we going to do this? And one of them said, well, there's always the roof. Get this. Because some of you guys are roofers, right? You know what this is all about. They climbed up on the roof. Now think about this. It wasn't their house. Okay? And they get up on the roof. Now, come here, brother. Help him. We don't want to break his neck. I somehow believe the owner was inside the house. Probably beside Jesus. While Jesus was teaching. When all of a sudden he heard a noise on the roof. And it wasn't the clatter of foot, uh, footprints. You know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now. Anyway, the owner was down there. And all of a sudden he heard that noise on the roof. And the Bible says they tore. They, they, what, how does it actually say it? They Um, it says they uncovered the roof where he was and they broke it up. They broke it up. Now, I don't know if they had pickaxes or what they did, but those four guys started ripping a hole in the roof of that house. And it wasn't a little hole. It was big enough to let a bed down. We're talking a major hole. But you know what? To these guys, they said, you know what? We'll deal with the owner later. If we have to pay to fix it, 
oh, we're roofers, we can fix it ourselves. We'll do whatever we've got to do. But the important thing is getting our friend into the presence of Almighty God. You think about it. Praise the Lord. Praise God. They opened that hole and they lowered that bed right down into the presence of Jesus. Now, I don't know. Come on back up here, guys. I kind of think the four guys, when they got that bed down there in front of Jesus, they were like, they were like, it's going to happen. We did it. It's going to happen. And the Bible says, when Jesus saw their faith, it didn't say when Jesus saw his faith. It says when Jesus saw their faith. Now let's just pause for a moment. Sometimes Jesus needs to see their faith. Do you know there are people that need God? That they don't even understand that they need God. They need your faith to touch God for them. You've got family members that are a long ways from God. You've got people around you that have great needs and they may not have the faith to reach out. But I believe there's some people here that know how to pray and know how to touch God. And God can see your faith. And through your faith, God can meet their need and God can bring them to this place so he can transform their lives. But when God saw their faith... He says, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And then because of some complaints of the people there, he said, pick up your bed and walk. Thanks, guys. And immediately, he picked up his bed and he left that place. Insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we have never seen it like this before. What had they not seen? What amazed them? Was it the miracle? I don't believe it was. Because the reason they came to the house was they knew they would see blind eyes open. They knew they would have deaf ears unstopped. They knew the lame would walk because Jesus was there. It wasn't that that left them so awestruck. What I believe that left them so awestruck was the faith, the radical faith of four guys that said, if we're going to climb on the roof, we'll climb on the roof. If we're going to tear a hole in the roof, we'll tear a hole in the roof. But we're going to do whatever it is that we've got to do to get the miracle that we need from God. Can you say praise the Lord right now? Praise God. You see, church, sometimes we give up way too soon. And we come and we say, oh, pray for me. And when we leave without receiving, we just sort of like, hmm. But I believe that our God wants us to take his word at face value and know that if he promised it, he will come through. That we serve an almighty God and there is nothing, there is nothing impossible for my God. You need healing, he can heal you. You need forgiveness, there's no sin so great he cannot forgive. You need a miracle, he is a miracle working God. You need provision, he has the entire world in his hand.
hands. Praise the name of God. Praise the name of God. Praise God. We do not need to give up. But I believe that God wants to see some radical faith. The man in the Bible with a withered arm came to Jesus and he said, Jesus said, stretch forth your arm. Well, I can't. That's why I'm here. It don't work. But Jesus wanted to see the faith of that man in action. And it took that man trying to reach forth an arm that had never reached forth before. And when he gave that effort, God did the miracle and God healed him. The blind man that Jesus put 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 mud in his eyes and Jesus said go and wash it and he's like I can't find that pool I'm blind but when he made the effort Jesus heals him you see sometimes he wants to see our faith in action oh it's easy to believe for someone else but when it hits home it's a different story but God wants to see a church filled with radical faith that will say whatever, whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. But I am going to receive from God. Several, um, I don't know, a few years back, we were at a church in downtown Guatemala. And I don't know if I've shared this here before or not, but I just felt to share it this morning. We were preaching at this church and... Uh, it's right in the center of Guatemala City. It's two blocks from the General Hospital. And uh, the churches in Guatemala are kind of unique because they're all pretty much built on the sidewalk. And so like you're walking by the sidewalk and there's the church doors. And so when we have service, the doors are wide open because it's right on the sidewalk. Everybody that walks by gets a taste of a Pentecostal service. And, uh, and this particular church is kind of cool because it's three blocks from the National Palace and two blocks from the General Hospital, and there's a constant stream of people. And some people walk by and look in and think, oh, these people are crazy. You know, the way they all, everybody worships and everything. But others come in, and just through walking down the street, they come in and get saved. And this one morning, I was up on the platform, and I was, I was watching the people walk by. And uh, one lady caught my attention. When she started walking by the door, it's like big double doors. She was kind of hunched over, and she was kind of shuffling. And she wasn't that old, but you could tell that she was in a lot of pain. And she got about halfway past the door, and she stopped, and she looked into the church, and the church was worshiping. I mean, they were, they were jumping, and they were shouting, and they were just praising God. And she just kind of had this look on their face like, I've never seen this before. And... Um, Sort of like what they did in that Bible verse. I've never seen it on this fashion. And uh, she kind of stood there and waited and watched for a little bit. And then she continued walking. She got to the very end of the door. And she put her hand up on the door frame. And she just stood there looking into the church. And she sort of had this look of like longing on her face. And one of the ushers stepped out and invited her into church. And the lady came in. And she sat over on this side. Kind of like where my wife is sitting right now. In this side. And... Um, I watched her. We were singing still, and she never sang. She never clapped her hands. She just kept watching people. And when I got up to preach, I preached a message of faith, and I gave a lot of Bible verses. And the lady that was sitting beside her, one of our church saints, and this is a great lesson, every time I gave a scripture verse, our, our saint from our church, the lady, would find the verse and hand it to the visitor. 
which I thought was really cool. And so that lady would read the verse, and I, as I was preaching, I kept watching her, and, and she would sit there, and she'd read and read and read, and about halfway through the message, she started to cry. When I gave the altar call, she was the first one out of her seat, and she came up, and she stood on this side of the altar. She didn't close her eyes, she didn't raise her hands, she did nothing but stand there and stare at me, with tears going down her face. And so when the altar call got going, I stepped down off the platform and I went to her and I said, Sister, I said, do you have a specific need? Is there something we can pray for you for? And she looked at me and she said, first of all, she said, I'm not a sister. She said, I, I've never really gone to church in my life. I don't know really that much about church or that much about God. But she said, the doctors just released me from the hospital and they basically sent me home to tell my children that there's nothing more they can do and that I'm dying. And she undid the button on her blouse on her sleeve and she pulled her sleeve up and you could literally see bumps all over her arm. There were t- like tumors all over her arm. And she said to me, she said, these are all over my body. She said, all over my legs and my trunk. And she said, now the doctors have said that they've invaded the vital organs. And the doctor said, it's just a matter of a couple of weeks and my vital organs are going to start shutting down and I'm going to die. There's nothing they can do to help me. And she said, as I walked past the church today and I saw all the people just so excited, she said, the thought hit me that if the doctors couldn't help me, maybe God would have mercy on me. And she looked at me and she said, I listened to your preaching. And she said, the lady beside me, let me read the Bible. And she said, I read those promises and those verses. And she said to me something that hit me like a ton of bricks. She said, I believe that those promises are true. And that if you will pray for me, God will heal me. I don't know what that does to you, but here's a lady that knew nothing about God that said, I believe that what is written is true and that if you pray that God will heal me. Church, that hit me hard because sometimes we come to church week after week and month after month and year after year and when we're faced with a difficulty, we think, well, is that promise really for me? Will God really do that for me? Who am I? It's like what the sister sang this morning. So many times the devil comes back and says, you don't deserve it because you did this and you did that and you did something else. And he doesn't, he, he doesn't want us to know that we've been transformed and washed by the blood of Jesus and all of that is under the blood. You know what I believe? You know why Jesus said to that paralyzed man? First he said, thy sins be forgiven thee. He didn't say, rise up, get up and walk. He said, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. You see, sometimes we don't realize that forgiveness and our miracle go hand in hand. Now, now we understand that we need to repent. And we need to come before God and say, I'm sorry. And that for God to forgive us. But you know something? It's one thing for God to forgive us. And it's another thing for us to forgive ourselves. And there's a lot of people who 
don't receive from God because you've never truly embraced the forgiveness of God and you've never allowed yourself to forgive yourself. And that's why the devil can come and say, oh, you don't deserve it because you did this. You don't deserve it because that's who you were. Who I am is in the past. It's under the blood of Jesus Christ. You know what? You know what, church? The devil's right. You don't deserve it. You're not worthy of it. But I don't receive because I'm good. I receive because he's good. I receive because he paid the ultimate price. That's why I can come boldly before the throne of God. And I can say, God, here is my need. Lord, I accept my healing. I accept, Lord, the miracle that I need. I can come boldly because what he has done for me. We prayed for that lady. My wife came up, the pastor and his wife came up and some others began to pray for her. It wasn't two or three minutes when that lady started jumping up and down and, and, and touching her body and saying, they're gone, they're gone, the tumors are all gone. God did an instant miracle in her. When she got done worshiping, or jumping, I don't know what she was doing. She pulled that sleeve up again. There wasn't one bump. Her skin was smooth. God did a complete and total miracle in Jesus' name. Praise the name of God. Let's stand together right now. You can say, well, Brother Brad, how can that be? She wasn't even baptized. She is now. You say, she didn't have the Holy Ghost. She does now. 23 family members were baptized in Jesus' name as a result of that miracle. That's the book of Acts. That's the book of Acts. You see, church, I don't want to cross anybody's doctrine here, but it's faith that moves the hand of God. Sometimes we think that God has this big checklist to see if we deserve it. If he had that, we'd never receive anything. But it's not the checklist that moves the hand of God. It's faith. It's taking God's word at face value. It's knowing that if he said, by his stripes we were healed. It's knowing that we are healed. It's knowing that when the Bible says that these signs shall follow them that believe, that that's going to happen. If we will believe, if we will put our faith in God, there is no limit to what God can do in our life. There's no limit to what God can do in this place this morning if we can just believe him. Is it okay if I open this up for prayer? Okay. You know why I like an altar call? God can do a miracle back there. God can do a miracle at home. But you know what I like about an altar call? You're sitting back here. And somebody preaches a message about faith or whatever. And they said, if you need something from God, you come to the altar.
The same power of God is back here. That's up there. But there's something about stepping out. Because I look at it like this. When you take that first step, it's faith. And as you begin to walk towards that altar, I believe that every step you're taking, you're saying, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. And that's why when you come to the altar and you raise your hands up and you begin to worship and you begin to praise him, that's why the, he- the windows of heaven open up and God begins to pour out miracles and healing and begins to strengthen you and begins to minister to your need because we've taken some steps of faith. Because it's that faith that unlocks the power of God. And we're going to open up this service this morning. We're not in a mud hut in Guatemala. We don't have a thatched roof over our heads. But that doesn't matter to God. Because he's in this place. And when he's here, all he wants to see is some radical faith. Some people who will say, God, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to receive from you. And we want to open this altar this morning. If you need forgiveness, if you need the Holy Ghost, that's the greatest miracle God can do. If you need healing in your body, you have a financial problem, you have a need in your family, I challenge you to come this morning. Take those steps of faith and raise your hands up to God and begin to worship Him because He inhabits the worship of His people. He doesn't inhabit the begging of His people. He inhabits the worship and the praise of his people. So let's fill this altar this morning and let's raise our hands up and let's begin to worship and begin to praise him and begin to thank him and receive from him in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Let faith rise up in this place today. Let's receive from him in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, I magnify you. I thank you, God. I receive from you right now. In the name of Jesus. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.